Hey everyone, I just wanted to apologize up front for Brad's microphone in this episode. Uh, we know that the sound quality coming from him has not been great. This episode might be the most egregious, so I do apologize. We are working on making it better for future episodes. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Fraser Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we are covering Season 11, Episode 18, Match Game. Is this the episode where Charlotte actually does her job? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Sheck. Joining me as always, it's our resident upside-downer, it's Ryan Sansone. Curtis, this episode is going to be a real match for the show Frasier. One of your better efforts. Oh. <laughs> also with us today is our intruder, Bradley Kirkston. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for giving me such a cool introduction again. Yeah, intruder fits. That one yeah. that one should stick. Yeah. I intruded into your lifestyle and now I've never left. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well well guys, we uh we are uh officially out in the world. Uh as of this recording, we've released uh, the first two episodes of our show and my question is are we influencers yet yeah yeah i I, I would say so how how successful has this been this launch been so far yeah i've had two people at work stop me and tell me they listened to 15 seconds of it so i'm gonna say it's pretty (laughs) successful that's really good why are people stopping you at work (laughs) yeah two people told me they listened to the first 15 seconds and they didn't understand the concept so we're starting to get there (laughs) Well, you have to. I think you have to listen to more than fifteen seconds to get the concept. And it's like was, at least a forty-five second concept. Well, my my answer was more of a forty-five minute concept, but sure. Um, oh yeah. yeah, you shouldn't be explaining it to people. That would be that'd be a problem. <laughs> no, I told honestly, them, I'm not sure our show has ever done a great job at explaining either the concept or the reason for the concept. But I do think that our show is a better resource for that than you yourself. No. I, <laughs> Do you want to take a quick second to try to explain what the show is, Kurt? Just in case someone's tuned in for Ep 5 and doesn't know what the hell's going on. First of all, I'm pretty sure this is Ep 6, but still. Oh. Well, I think it's tough. Episode 7. That's <laughs> a tough look. Kurt is going to edit that in post-production. Yeah, yeah, just, he'll fix it. It'll be fine. I'm not going to fix your mistakes, just mine. <laughs> so, so, you want me to do a, a elevator pitch for the show, or you want Brad to? Oh, let's have Let's have Brad do one, and then you can correct yeah. him. There we go. Great. I'll do well. Since our show is on Facebook, please go and like us, Reverse Psychology of Fraser Podcast. I will do a, a teaser like I would do on the Facebook. How about that? Good. Good. All right. Are you a Fraser fan? Are you a fan of backwards things? Are you a fan of watching a show <laughs> in reverse order? Are you a fan of not understanding anything but having an amazing experience? Then Frasier is a great show, and Reverse Psychology is the podcast for you. We watch every episode in reverse order. So 264 is first, then 263. Okay, okay. okay. I think we got, we, we got the gist. Uh, did, did you read that? Because it really sounded like you were reading. And not no, I, I, I really came up with it off the top of my head. I'm pretty impressive. Everyone. What if you're... What if you're not a Frasier fan, but you love backwards things? Is this still a good show for you? Well, yeah, you're the prime example of that, buddy. <laughs> I, I, I do love backwards things. By the, by the way, just to, I just want to clarify. I just want to clarify. Uh, I wasn't saying it sounded like you were reading because it was so well put together. I said that because <laughs> it sounded like you are a bad reader. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna take all your comments as positives tonight. So great, classic intruder behavior. Uh, how would you clean that up, Curtis? What 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 tweaks would you make? Um, I probably would uh, take the words out and I would replace them <laughs> with something along the lines of "It's a great podcast. It's very funny. It is a rewatch podcast of the show Frasier, so it's definitely worth a listen if you like that show. But even if you don't, I think it's still pretty funny." And uh, the premise is we're going backwards through the show, starting with the very last episode and working our way to the pilot. Uh, why are we doing it that way? Uh, because it is, uh, that's the part where I always get tripped up. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I love things that uh, don't have a purpose. What is the show called? It is called Reverse Psychology. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Why, why is it called that? Uh, mm, okay, so this did come up. So one of the, one of the things we've been doing... This has come up a lot. <laughs> we've been trying to get the word out on the show. We've been trying to do uh, some social media-ing. Uh, and we are, uh, no surprise, really bad at that. Uh, one of the things I did was I, I went on Reddit. There is a Frasier subreddit. I thought, this is the perfect place. Uh, and in fact, maybe there are some of you that are listening right now that came from there. Uh, I posted... Yeah, welcome. I posted and there were a couple of uh, just a couple of comments put on the post I put up. Uh, the first comment was asking, uh, Frazier is a psychiatrist, not a psychologist. Why is your show not called reverse psychiatry? And I did reply. I, I let them know that uh, we actually did have that discussion. We, we talked about that as like which name would be better. And I said something on the lines of, well, uh, we decided to go with the the phrase that is more kind of common and well known and uh, less esoteric, and uh, our our audience will let us know if it was a dumb choice. And then a different person replied to that to say, basically, yeah, that was a dumb choice. Audience has voted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can really see what they're getting at because we're we're what eight episodes in Seven. psychiatry through the roof. It's just screaming psychiatry. Who who's the psychiatrist again? Uh, Doctor Fraser Crane. Okay, are we sure? <laughs> well, it could very well be Doctor Niles Crane. In fact, it might be both. But I guess you wouldn't know that. <laughs> I'm not sure either one of them. There's like very brief jabs that maybe are psychiatry. I don't know. Maybe psychology. I've not looked up the difference. It seems in play, but as far as I can tell, neither one of them are. So what the heck? What does everyone get again? Uh, no, knowing that we've we've got this uh, massively successful attempt at uh, getting the word out via social media, uh, Ryan, you you have been monitoring some of the activity. Um, of course, uh, you know what what is what are the numbers? How how are we doing as a podcast? Well, the numbers so aren't really the numbers aren't really numbers, but we are international, which is really exciting. We have it is had, exciting. We have had. Slovakia check in. They checked out. They didn't do a second episode, but they did check in, which is great. <laughs> uh, we had our newest people, Puerto Rico. Hello, Puerto Rico. Ooh, love Puerto Rico. Which, which don't isn't that America? Why does that show up separate? How does that work? That's a good question. Know. Could you ask Acast that? One, we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to answer that ourselves. Uh, but anyway. Hello, Puerto Rico. They checked in. We'll see if they check out or not. They're the newest one. Austria. They've checked in and they stayed. Two eps. Wow. Hello, Austrians. Thank you, Austria. And we're basically UK famous. Uh, we're pretty much, we can probably set up shop anywhere in the UK. So Wild. I'm not going to give you the numbers. There's so many numbers, I'm not even going to give them to you. 
So hello, United Kingdom. Or what's a what's a United Kingdom phrase? Uh, d- 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 give give it to him, Governor. Boga boga boga. United Kingdom. Bagger bagger bagger. Bagger bagger bagger. So yeah, we're I don't know, we're pretty much the Beatles. We're all over the world. Well, uh, we, we we can only go up from here. So I I uh, I hope anybody who is listening who is enjoying the show, please tell your friends. Uh, post on your own social medias. Please spread the word. Uh, let's let's make this the number. I think this is a realistic goal. Let's make this the number one podcast in the world by the end of this episode. Let's do it. Oh, or Christmas. Either way, Christmas is fun. Or Hanukkah. Just make us the just make us the number one podcast in Puerto Rico. That's all I'm asking for. Well, should we jump in to discuss this week's episode? Let's do it. I don't know. I kind of feel like we've done enough tonight. Ah, what the heck? Let's jump in. We open with a blimp over Seattle and Daphne and Niles at the cafe. They meet an annoying couple from their Lamaze class who bring their own food to restaurants and pretend the husband is pregnant too. Yes, I saw I saw the blimp in the title card and yes. I honestly said, I don't know if that's a normal thing or not. It was not. It was special today. It, w- it was. I like the blimp. And that has to be a reference to pregnant ladies, I guess. I don't know what else the blimp could possibly be referring Whoa. to. I never think about them as like thematic with the episode. I just think they're random things. But um, that's hilarious. If they're like, what are we going to do? Well, we've got some pregnant women in this episode. Why don't we use a blimp? I mean, it's what we immediately start with. It would not surprise me because, mind you, it's 2004. That's the type of humor that would go on network TV. So it's possible. Okay. I guess I'll have to keep deciding if they're related to the episode or not. So last time we had a crane, so. So why do Daphne and Niles have to sit at the smallest booth? They look like they're on top of each other. Like, I know it's a busy coffee shop, but they could have found a bigger booth. Say that is something I, I kind of appreciate about the show is that if you watch a lot of shows like Seinfeld, for instance, they're almost always at the exact same booth. Like they they never change it up. It's and I, I feel like this show they're, they're every every episode they seem to be in a different spot in the cafe. They seem to really make use of you know where they they sit wherever is convenient and open. Like I, I like that it's not just always the same spot i agree with you it speaks to quality television as moving seats i agree with you it still doesn't (laughs) seem like they did a great job of choosing the seats for this episode all right i didn't the only thing i didn't like about the seats is we're right next to the door yeah horrible spot for sure Uh, i like that we started mid-order though i thought that was fun um the the other couple was super annoying oh my god the worst i so it's interesting pregnant mom culture is crazy this this totally felt like a thing that could really happen. She didn't bother me as much as the annoying Jewish guy who I've seen in lots of other TV shows as a guest star. He was pretty annoying. <laughs> so it's it's uh, yeah, definitely he was annoying, and that was his role. Yeah. But then, like he that that like all of that stuff he was saying, sympathy, pregnancy, and like sore nipples, all of that is things that actually supposedly do happen to people, which is crazy. It didn't happen to me, but it it's wild. I know at least one guy who had that issue. Yeah, we. we That's why that is wild. And we know him too. We all went to college with him. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> is that the Corvette disease that uh, Niles and Fraser reference? Yeah. Is that what it was yeah, called? Yeah. No, definitely not. But I didn't clock what it actually was called. Coors Light disease. I feel like Niles speaks for the audience when he says, I don't like them. But then he spends the whole rest of the episode trying to emulate them, which I find bizarre. Like, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yes. 
Yeah, this this was a good use of Niles. In this scene. Uh, it, pretty much anytime Niles is reacting to something unusual, that, that seems to be his best usage, usage so far. Yeah. It doesn't at all surprise me that he was immediately influenced and then spent the rest of the episode doing this stuff. He li- he does live in an apartment, so Brad spoiled it for us last week, but uh, us Ooh. in the Upside Down finally have our confirmation that he probably lives in an apartment based on some of the conversation. But I also would not like this couple. Uh, do you guys know what a doula is? Yes. Remember, I took a class in college and almost became one for five minutes. Um, because Oh, my God. You'd be the worst. Yeah. You would be the worst doula. Because I watched a documentary about Ricky Lake giving a home birth naked. And um, I learned about a doula. And then I was like, oh, I should just become an doula. You would be a don't la. <laughs> Rick, Ricky Lake made it seem so much fun. Uh, it's just. Doula, not a doula. It's not like Adele. Is Adele a doula? <laughs> Adele is a doula. Adele a doula, a donta, a dainta. Uh, but doulas need to be calm, which you are not, Brad. So no, I'm pregnant. You would be. I am during pregnancy. There's no chance that's true. Oh my! You'd be the last pick of people I would have around during a pregnancy. First off, I should I should probably make claim that that was a joke, and I have never actually been in a pregnancy situation. I don't want anyone to think that. Let's make that very clear. That was a joke. <laughs> yes, I have never. Do not call. Do, do not call Brad K if you're pregnant. I, he will not help. I have never been in a delivery room. I want that to be clear. Uh, so what, how did you guys feel about the other couple in this scene? Did you feel like it was wildly far-fetched? Like there's no way that these people exist? Or did it feel like this could be something you would encounter? Or have you encountered it? I definitely think they were playing off of a real trope. I think that, that there are people that do those types of things and behave that way. But I felt like the way it, they were written and acted felt sort of over the top cartoony. Like they were doing all of the things all at once, which I don't know yeah. if that's believable or not, but it, it made it feel a little too easy and obvious that they were just a punching bag and not real people. Yeah. I felt, I felt like they were written for the joke and not to extend the story. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't hang out with people like this, but it's, it it's not that far fetched. It really felt like I could have been across from those two people. And you would know better than us because you've you've had kids, and so you've probably met some you know parents like that. Name them. Yeah, we again we. <laughs> so well, so Jim and Nancy, they really oh no. I mean, I, we again we don't hang out with people quite like that, but it's it's not hard to imagine running into real people like that. Um, the Daphne not order like canceling her order that was that was spot on. The judgment yeah. you feel from other people, even if it's not there, the judgment you feel from other parents is totally real. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, Frazier accidentally meets Charlotte, a matchmaker who is super pushy. He is too proud to accept her services, but instead opts to fight with an ex on an elevator. Because this is a sitcom, the elevator doesn't move and instead ushers Frazier back to Charlotte, who is waiting outside because I think she knows the elevator is as broken as Fraser's romantic skills. <laughs> so, so in this scene, we—I think this is the first time we find out the name of Charlotte's company, right? Charlotte's Web. And do they ever bring that up in a future so, episode? So fitting. They never bring that up in a future well, episode, do they? There's a lot of this we're going to have yes. to break down for yes. what, what doesn't come up in future correct. episodes because it's pretty much the whole. Episode. Yes, correct. Oh man, the fact that it's Charlotte's Web incredibly fitting. Yeah. Well, no, not fitting. Wait, isn't that about a kind spider who helps people? <laughs> so just just the spider comparison, fine, but a wrong spider comparison. I I thought it was incredibly telling that Fraser doesn't know where he works. 
Yeah. He literally, if we're 11 seasons in, he literally doesn't know he got off on the wrong floor, as far as we know, for no reason. Right. I gotta say, I was really surprised that this is clearly the introduction of Charlotte, because honestly, in my memory, I thought this was a season-long arc. I, I remembered her, you know, multi-episode arc kind of being most of this season. And uh, I was surprised that so close to the end of the series is when she shows up. And I guess, like, I, I, I maybe that's just because, like, in 2004, these types of, you know, ongoing episode arcs were less common. And so maybe it just felt like they were really stretching it out. But um, yeah, I'm really surprised that this is our introduction. Yeah, I mean, you have to think, if this was seven episodes, this could have been almost two months. Well, I think this is also a large part. It's not a long season. I don't know how many episodes normal Frasier seasons are, but I think it only goes like 12. No, right? 24. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so this is a third. Yeah, we have so many episodes. Well, I, try, I try not to look ahead. <laughs> well, you have a- I, thought that, I, I thought this said 12 on Hulu, but uh, fine. Okay, I, that's really weird. I, I said the episode number 18, like... A minute ago. (laughs) Listen, man. We have so many episodes to go, Ryan. We're not even close. So then uh, even crazier then, because I cannot believe this is how we meet the supposed love of his life or whatever. Uh, Like you blow by her. You expect her to be a one-off character. The fact that we, it's not even to like act three where you're like, oh, maybe she'll be in the next episode. Yeah. But this is, this is the perfect plot line for a single episode story. Like, you just match Frasier with a bunch of women. That makes tons of sense. Yeah. And she, she felt like the throwaway character at the start of this episode. Like, it's so weird that we're going to get her for the rest of the season. Minus one random episode for no reason. She probably signed a six episode deal. <laughs> that, uh, they had the six one. <laughs> they just, they forgot how many episodes. They yeah, had exactly. <laughs> uh, I thought, I thought Frasier forgetting a date totally tracks with everything we've seen with him so far. Not that he's a player and would have so many dates to forget, but just that he's a terrible person. So like this whole scene made plenty of sense. Yeah. It reminded me of something I've done because I've definitely met people and they've been like, Oh, I talked to you on a dating app and I've been like, I have no idea who you are. So I get it. Oh yeah. I was going to say, there's no way you forgot a date that, that would be crazy. I feel like that's, there's a big difference between forgetting somebody you went out with multiple times and slept with versus somebody you talked to on a dating app. I don't think I don't yeah. think I would rem- I would forget someone I went on a date with. I would pro- I would 100% forget their name. So it was like oh, I've forgotten the names of most of the people I've dated at this point. Yeah, for sure. You don't know our our names. Of course you've forgotten dates names. I have I have the uh I have the names written down in my notes so that I so that I don't forget your names when I introduce you. Ryan, don't, for, don't forget that Curtis is the same person that once got his own name wrong when he met your sister. Oh, boy. Yeah, We're not telling that, that story. <laughs> That's a Another future time. episode. Well, we get our first title card, Match Game, and Fraser complains at Charlotte about his romantic woes, but she is confident she can find a woman for him for the low, low price of $10,000. So for us in the Upside Down, this was a helpful scene. We we now know that Martin is already engaged by this yes. point. Yes. Uh, which was speculation. It's, it's touch and go with every single episode at this point. Apparently it took him yeah. weeks to land on a toe ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... Well, wait, okay. I mean, engagement ring is tough. It's, it is weird, though, that it took him so long after the engagement. Uh, but 
but regardless, the fact that we haven't seen it is is good. <laughs> that would have been a real problem if that was the actual engagement. I don't want to completely rehash the engagement rings conversation, but I am still a little bit confused about how that works. I understand not having the ring at the time of the proposal, but it seems odd if you're not going to do the thing where you propose with a ring in hand. Why is the ring still a support? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't the reason to not get the ring be so that she can kind of help pick out the ring she really wants? Like, why wouldn't he just get the ring first if he's going to surprise her with the ring anyway? Well, maybe we'll see. Maybe Maybe we'll we'll find find out out in a future episode. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she'll be like, yes, I will marry you, but you have to pick out a ring on your own, preferably at a police auction. (laughs) No, No spoilers. I won't say anything about that. Yeah. So this, this scene in general, though, in Charlotte's office, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, backtracking to look at right like we get to finally see the office flowers I was just gonna say i i completely forgot to look for the plants yeah i wrote that down it's the most boring flower it's like tulips or some crap there's absolutely no reason someone would go back in there to water the flowers <laughs> oh man it's also one it was literally one plant like there's not it's not like there's like 10 plants or something weird it was literally like one vase of tulips but I guess, you know, spoiler alert for few, for the next couple scenes, but she is broke, so maybe she can't afford new flowers. Yeah, that's true. And and by the way, I, I don't know um, how the world of, of matchmakers was, you know, pre-Tinder, but $10,000 up front? Like, I don't know how that is a viable business plan for anyone. <laughs> like, how, how was this supposed to work? Well, it wasn't. To be fair, she she did not succeed. Right. We we know right. that. I mean, I and it's not surprising. It is not surprising she only had five clients. It's surprising she had five clients. However, yes, in twenty twenty three, uh, ten thousand dollars is still like a a crazy large sum for something like this. I think, but it was. I I, I looked it up with inflation. This would be like sixteen thousand dollars today. Okay. I mean, we saw the clientele though; they were they were desperate, including speaking fringe. speaking of desperate and matchmakers. Can I get ten thousand dollars from you guys so I can get a matchmaker? Sure, buddy. Wait, why would we? G- oh no! I can, if you give me ten k though, I'll send you some dates. Uh, okay. They uh, they refer to dating apps in this episode, which I thought was interesting because it's I I think it's before Tinder. Do they oh. refer to apps? Pretty confident. I didn't hear them say apps. Yeah, she mentioned I she said websites. She said websites. No, she said. I think she explicitly says dating apps, apps. Definitely didn't exist. Yeah, it was I a website. She, yeah, I think that's what she meant. There were no smartphones. Hmm. Yeah, there was. There, there, was, there, there was no iPhone. Oh, then there was no smartphone. <laughs> huh. Huh. Yeah, she must have said websites. Well, my brain translated that to apps. So there you go. Good. Brad, maybe you should try the dating websites. Have you tried? Yeah, those? I'm on. I'm on. Uh, I, I don't want to. I was gonna say to I don't want to give any uh, advertising to companies yet. Uh, but yeah, I am. But if they want to pay us about ten thousand, they can do that, and then you can share which 100%. ones you use. percent. I want to. I just want to. I just want to underline that point uh, to all companies. We are for sale. So. Well, well, I will oh, yeah. go. I will go God one damn. step farther and go. I will go on any, pretty much, almost any dating app at this point. So, if any any dating app company would like to sponsor <laughs> us, we're down. Why don't you just forget where your office is and then meet a lady who's trying to set you up with other people? 
because clearly that works out. You'll just end up probably okay. Yeah. Just well, walk into any office and tell the receptionist, "I will give you ten thousand dollars to find <laughs> me a date." <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. Well, we're back at the cafe where Roz scolds Fraser for being truthful on his OKCupid profile. He explains that he will host every date at the same restaurant, partially for science, but mostly for the episode's budget. Where'd you guys land on this as a strategy for, for dates? I literally said to myself, maybe this is how I have to start thinking because nothing else is working for me. So maybe I should look at things from a scientific perspective. How do you feel about it, Curtis? It's a, it's a strange strategy. I, 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 can, I guess I can kind of see if he's doing sort of a speed dating thing where he's going to go on a bunch of dates and wants to compare the women, which already, as I say, it sounds really cool. Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm shocked you both think this is an unusual strategy. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I can't relate. I've, you know, I've, been, I've been dating slash married to my wife for a long time. But this is what I do when I, I go to restaurants. I always order the same dish to compare it. So it's like... Uh, I always get scallops no matter where I go, assuming they, of course, have scallops. And that's how I judge a restaurant. So I assume that you guys do something similar for dates. Well, wait, that, that's... I feel like that's a, a little <laughs> different. You're, you're going to different restaurants and trying the same dish as opposed to going to the same yeah. restaurant and trying different women. Which, again, as I say, it sounds really... It's different. very similar. <laughs> it's pretty much, pretty much the same thing. <laughs> But it's, it's you're getting a baseline. I feel like it's a, a that that's how you can tell if it's a good. Maybe restaurant. with your scallops uh, sensibilities, maybe maybe we will maybe you will correct me. But I feel like it, it would for me. I think it would be a bad strategy because no, the scallop restaurant. It's really good to tell a place by its scallops. Oh, no, no, okay, shut up. I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that like for me, um, he he's trying to create a a scientific approach where it's the same circumstances. The only variable is the woman. But I know I would be a little bit tired and bored of that restaurant. Like if I'm going there multiple nights in a row, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm sick of the food they have on offer. I want something different. And that's going to affect the date through no fault of the woman. Yeah, but you're supposed to be focused. You're supposed to be focused on the date, not the food, not the atmosphere, not the restaurant. Yeah, but what Curtis is saying is impossible not to be. Yeah. I will be like... Well, but, I, like I will be like, oh my! I, I I will be like, oh my god! I gotta go get more of that food I've already eaten. Like I'll be bored of it. Why? Again, that should just give you more space to ex- like explore the person you're with. See, not you're focus a man, on the surroundings. You're a man who has only ever eaten scallops at every restaurant he's ever been to. So I can appreciate. <laughs> no, for you. we go. We go back when I like the scallops. Okay. <laughs> And I say the word right. Brad, Brad, please try it. Tell us how it works out because I'm pretty confident it'll be better for you. I will. Niles pretends to be pregnant to impress a doula named Harvest, who insists on a drug-free childbirth. Roz provides Daphne with her own sage advice. Take all the drugs they will give you. So Roz is real funny in the scene, I thought. She had some good jokes. I just think it's always nice for Roz to have a, a role, because she rarely does. Yeah, was I the only one kind into Harvest? I thought Harvest was kind of hot. Um, she was, what, like 85? Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of into it. She actually, I think she was younger, but had old person energy. So it does kind of fit for you. Totally. Yeah. I also love how excited they get just talking about the word professional and how much they love professionals and how impressed Niles is that Fraser spent $10,000. I mean, it's obviously, I'm not a rich person, but like, you got, do you guys get that way with stuff where you're just like, ooh, it's expensive. It probably is better. No, because I'm not a fool. 
Oh, well, you are. So what are you saying? I'm not a fool. I'm almost the opposite. I, I almost feel like you spent that much on this. Like, I, I feel like <laughs> I'm much more inclined to be, like, bragging about I only, it only costs $10. <laughs> I'm not saying I brag about it, but I, I will say, like, I probably give things a higher weight if they cost more money. I will be more critical, for sure, when they cost more and it doesn't work out. But it's like, oh, well, if you're charging enough, you got to be worth it or else how are you in business? Charlotte, obviously the exception, not the rule. I think there's a, there's a a curve to this. I feel like super, super dirt cheap, like the cheapest possible version of a thing that is almost guaranteed to be crap. But I think the most expensive, like wildly impractically overpriced version of the thing is also probably mediocre to crap. I think the sweet spot is kind of the modestly medium priced thing. That's where it's like, a good product, solid product, it's going to last, and it's, like, reasonable to be able to get it. So you you, uh, you make all your purchases on a bell curve. Totally. Yeah, no, I, I see it. I, like, <laughs> like, if you show me, like, the most expensive car in the world, I'm going to be like, that car probably kind of sucked. I don't know. I saw a Lambo today. It looked awesome. I think I would have had fun. Well, bear in mind, you're talking to a man who, in his entire life, has only found one car sexy, and it was a Honda Fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got fit in the name, you know. Uh, okay, so we should talk about the scene, though. <laughs> Why? Uh, well, because there's actually there's a good scene. Uh, so Niles gets worked by Frazier for the second episode in a row. I thought that was great. I don't think shamans are still a thing that are very accessible, and I don't think they were in 2004. But I, you know, if a shaman wants to get on here and talk to us, I would love. Yeah, that. we we could. So please, could. please send a. Sh- if you are or know a shaman, reach out to reverse psychpod at gmail Yes, please, please, please do. And then I thought, uh, Daphne seems very unaware that childbirth is painful, like blissfully unaware. Yeah, she does kind of just like uh, goes along with what Harvest says and then goes along with what Ross says. Like she's definitely not, she, for some reason, she never got the memo that like famously painful. Well, Raz at some point goes, it's painful. And she's like, how painful? And you're like, what do you mean? Why are you... <laughs> You're in your third trimester of about to be a child, but what are you talking about? You must know that there's some pain involved. My uh, older brother right now, Kenny, is just rolling his eyes listening to this. Like, these motherfuckers <laughs> are talking about women and pregnancy again. <laughs> well, it's very relevant. <laughs> I think it's. it seems like Roz has birthed a, a child, from what, what we can tell. She's at least very intimate with the details of how painful childbirth is, so you have to assume she's had well, one. Well, I... I- there's no evidence of that to the show. No, so far, the, I, I will say again, I, I'm not surprised that you missed some of these details, but yeah. um, in in either the finale or the second to last episode, when they're the one where they're planning it's the finale, wedding, it's the finale. They, they they mention that Roz's daughter would be the like flower girl, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, you guys mentioned that a lot. No, she mentioned it. Uh, well, the show mentioned it. Yeah, it was mentioned. Maybe, maybe. I don't think Roz was in the finale. So. She is. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. She got a promotion and yeah. then left. I don't, I don't think she well, was at the Well, while we're on the topic of Roz, I, I will say, I think so far, at least from what I'm remembering, I think this is the best Roz episode we've gotten. I, I, she doesn't have a yeah. lot to do, but what oh, she de- does is great. Definitely. I agree. And so. <laughs> the way she says, a tooth is this big. Like, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Yes, it turns out Roz talking about childbirth is funnier than Roz dating an uh, ex-con, ex-prisonman. I don't know what the word for that is. 
Con man? Is that what no, you're... that's uh, you're thinking of Charlotte. <laughs> Convict. 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, we get our our next title card, dating game. We get a dating montage. And every date is a winner. Crazy creationist cult lady, a horny drunk, a taxidermist in a wig, a woman in a clown dress, and perhaps most disturbingly, a minor. The first lady, the creationist, the whole time I was thinking, man, Frazier would be the worst person in a cult. That cult leader would kill him. So I thought she looked I thought she looked weirdly like Charlotte. She did. Which so I thought that was what we were gonna no. deal with. And then she immediately goes like crazy creationist. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. That's right. We all three had very different reactions to her. My initial reaction was, oh, uh, Nancy Carell. That's fun. And then uh, yeah. looked it up later. Not Nancy Carell. Beth Little, Littleford. Not her. Yeah, yeah not, Beth- not Nancy Carell. I don't know who Nancy Carell is or Beth Littleford. I, I think don't they know were who, both on The Daily Show. About. They were. Is one of them Steve's yes. Yes. wife? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Oh, great. Um, but you are correct. And then the second date was Rachel Dratch, basically being yes. Rachel Dratch. That was fun to see. Well, she's always, she's always just yeah. herself. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever seen somebody basically treat a pepper shaker as a, as a dildo before. But that was, that was funny. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are a Dratch head, though. Totally. Did you have a favorite of these? Yeah, was, was one of these your your favorite of the the terrible dates from a comedic bit or from a for Fraser? Either bit? way, it's funny. It's funny that you said clown dress because I did not write that down as a clown dress. I wrote that down. It was insane, but no, it wasn't I wrote that down as color for shirt. I kind of liked it. Yeah, you yeah. would. You, would just you were like you were like taking inspiration. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Okay. I like that she said, because um, it's clearly a bunch of like random patches of cloth patched together. But she says to Fraser, she's got lots more of this fabric, which makes it sound like she's got an entire like roll, like like a uh, several yards of just random patches. Never underestimate the Hobby Lobby. Oh god. So my, I think my favorite. I mean, the one who got the most screen time was the creationist lady. And I think I would have loved to have watched like an, a full blown date with them. Obviously, we were getting the dating montage, but I would have I would have done at least twenty more minutes with them. Yeah, I think she was probably the the funniest and and most interesting. Well, I don't know. I I think Rachel Dratch is the one that I would actually want to spend time with. Like, she might be good for Fraser. I mean, she she felt a little Kim like. Yeah, in, you totally. know, like her dirtiness. Obviously, not her sincerity and you know, heart of the show, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, like she is the Kim that Frazier deserves. Yes. That's the perfect way to put it. All right. Well, Frazier races off to another date while the doula shows off a VHS of some sweet, sweet birthing screams. Daphne concludes she is a sadist and her husband is an idiot and tells them both off. This was, (laughs) this was a good scene. Just to transition everything. A couple great Niles lines. His Niles, being pregnant is such a fun impression. He crushes the the impression and is clearly having a ton of fun. Yeah, with Daphne has some great facial reactions in this scene. The only problem is Daphne doesn't come in harder on him because he's being insane and knows. Yeah, it. I I I feel like we we're getting a sense that she is a patient person because um, I don't think this is the first episode where she's clearly surrounded by insufferable idiots and waits until she's like experienced an entire episode of it to like yell at them and tell them to shut up yeah she gives them way too much um insanity 
So the so this this move of the doula to bring in a VHS uncut, right? Just like, oh, let's sit down and watch 19 hours of birth. I don't know what the hell that was. That would be a crazy. Well, plan. I don't know that she wanted to watch the full 18 hours. She says uh, this should start around hour two. I don't think she meant there's another, you know, 16 hours <laughs> left. I think she just meant like, let's. Sh- th- this is the part I wanted to show you. Is kind of how I took it. But the part she wants to show her is clearly uh, horrifying. So I don't really know what her plan was. Like, if she's trying to convince somebody that she doesn't need drugs, I don't know why she would think that this would be the thing. Like, this is what she needs to see. Yeah. <laughs> and she's so at peace just watching it, too. It's just just madness. Suppos- supposedly real, though. Supposedly you push through the pain and then there's some sort of, like, euphoric effect. Uh, it's not obviously going to come across on the wonderful technology that is VHS, but, you know. Well, I thought at the end of this scene it was odd. It was kind of a weird goof. I haven't seen a lot of, like, goofs or or, or just um, bad continuity on the show. Like, they don't usually screw things up too bad. But I thought it was odd that Daphne um, mispronounced um, wanting to have a baby in a vet's office as a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. it is really funny that no matter what, whether they go doula or not, she ends up having a not hospital pregnancy. I I almost wonder if there should have been like a callback. Like she should have been like, we would have been better off with that fucking doula. Well, it's true. The the doula would have come to her. Yeah, they dropped the ball on that one. They're actually, now that I think about it, they're surrounded by sadists. Like one is a, a puppy murderer. The other is is this woman who gets off on the screams of, of pregnant women. Wait, this is really funny though, because she, she watches, she gets a little preview of what it's going to be like. And then obviously they don't have... They can't do any of that stuff in the vet's office. Like, she clearly went through this. Right. <laughs> so that actually is pretty fun. Yeah. She did not get her wish. Uh, but we did We did not catch any of the scenes where she was having a tough time. So she did push past. So it's too bad she didn't watch that VHS, I guess. Well, an impatient Fraser fires Charlotte when she fails to produce his date. He rehires her when she shows off her Mitt Romney binder full of women. Refires her because the binder is empty, then rehires because he gives a sad sack story and because he's never going to get that refund anyway. Well, in her, in her shoe, bro. Um, yeah, I also think we should just take a second to understand this is our last Laura Linney scene. Oh, man. Oh, no. Yeah, is it's it? our lost. Yeah. It must be. Yeah. It's pretty fitting, though. It's her her most pathetic, <laughs> which I think. Is good. Okay, should we should we start with the list of things that gets talked about in the scene that never comes up again? Go for it. Okay. Uh, no, I want to start. I, I do want to start with the scene. Basically, starts with like the success of their relationship is the fact that he sneaks into her binder, which we see later. She, she does do that again. All right. So what what doesn't come up again? Because uh, her, uh, her, yep. oh, her mother, her living with her living with her mother. Yeah, because we actually end up going back there. Yeah, which makes no sense because there's no. No uh, clear example of her mother being there. Didn't clock that her, a mom was living it there. It does sort of explain her, you know, why she's in Seattle. Because we knew she was moving back to Chicago. We knew she came from there. And we knew she was divorced. Um, but why would she specifically come to Seattle, where she clearly doesn't know anybody and doesn't have any real connection? And the answer is her mom lives there. No, I agree with you on that one. It's just weird that that never comes up again, even when they go to her yeah. house. Yeah, at no point do you look around and think, this is a mom's place. I'm also curious how she met Frank. Oh, yeah, there's no time to have met Frank. Yeah. Absolutely none. <laughs> well, we don't know how long she's been in Seattle, do we? No, she does, she does not say mm-hmm. how long. Like, she does mention being Long in enough to get exactly five clients. Yeah. Well, yeah, she, she had enough time to buy an office, pick up some clients, 
I guess meet a guy who needed just like, Oh, literally the first guy I meet that could use my services, I'll just date him. And then the second guy I'll set up with the rest of the women I've met. Well, And I'm curious, do you think this is sort of like a, a hinge thing where like only the men pay? Like, do you think that basically like Frazier's given her 10 grand and all the women are just women she's convinced to go on a date because we see her shamelessly trying to get a group of women at the bar to like, take her card i i didn't really say i i maybe she was trying to sell them on the thing but i feel like if you're trying to make one client who's already paid happy you're not gonna have that much luck if the only ask you have is give me 10 grand and i'll set you up on a date with this one guy i think that's it's a tough question but i think the we see charlotte at her shrewdest and like her most we we were clearly like in home court when we see her in her office yeah so it's like the best possible game she could play. And she was bluffing, obviously charging that 10 K she probably didn't charge anyone else. Anything, well, the, and the other thing is, and wouldn't have on any other. We also don't know like if she actually like what her real rate is because he volunteers when he meets her before she gives him a price. He volunteers that he is a local celebrity and, and he has like a radio. Pr- she probably knows this guy's got money. Let's say the biggest number I can think of getting away with. Correct, and he would say yes to anything. Um, yeah, but she doesn't know that. Just the work well, out. The funniest thing is, like, this is the only episode I felt like they tried to make Laura Linney seem mean in any way. Like, she's mean about her mom. She's kind of mean in the way she treats Frazier. But in every other episode, she's like the sweetheart. What are you, what are you talking about? She's a total. What? She is what? the worst to Frank. She's, no. She's no. kind of a monster throughout. The, the only. The only person worse than her is Frazier. I think, well, I don't know. No, she's not as bad as Frazier. No, that's what we're saying. I mean, bo- both Frazier's, both are terrible. Frazier is worse, but she's also really bad. But I feel like she's like a terrible person, but in this episode, she's mean. I don't know. I don't feel like she's as mean in the other episodes. Well, I think this... I, I think this might be her, her nicest episode. I feel like this episode really establishes pretty clearly that she is truly a con woman. Like, I think... Her, I honest to God think the reason her name is Charlotte is because she's a charlatan. We see how she... Like, she even plays him... Like, she's... At the very minimum, she's very manipulative. Because when he confronts her initially, her reaction is basically to let him go she's like okay i'll write you a check like if you're not serious about this i will give you the refund she gives him what he wants which is a refund but uses it to sort of guilt him into deciding he doesn't want the refund which is just a classic con man move like i i really think everything she does like there's no evidence she has a real thriving business even the business she describes as being really successful she admits the couple that got her started wound up failing as a couple. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think she's good at her job. Yeah. I don't think it's a real it's job. So fitting. I, I, think she, I think she is swindling people out of money and, and setting up randos on dates with no real um, rigor or science or plan. It's just, I found these people and you will date all five women I found. Yeah, because if she was really good at this, then it wouldn't. It the skills are pretty transferable. Like obviously, you're not going to have your clientele base, but she would have. You would think being good at it would mostly mean having a clientele and then trying to match them up whatsoever, not just running up your one guy against all the girls you've ever met. Supposedly, if I was being charitable towards her, which I have no interest in being, I would say that she 
like she describes getting started just by setting up people she knew and like it slowly snowballed into a business. And so I could see how she could slowly build up enough clients in like just casually that it turns into a business. And she makes this sort of mistake of thinking she can just pick up where she left off in Seattle instead of having to slowly build a network of people the way she did originally. And so she's struggling because she goes straight to the end goal of have a big fancy business and not like get those people in your life first. Yeah. Interesting. Either way, it's, it is super crazy that she buys an office to assume to presumably get clientele with the office. Like really, really crazy power play. Well, she thinks she's really good at this. So she's going to make it work. Even if we have no evidence to back that up. Well, and it can't be a cheap office space either no. because we know Frazier is there and he clearly has no sense of the value of a dollar and will only be interested in spending the most money because that means it's the best place. Yeah, that's that's true. His his office should actually be way nicer, assuming he has one, assuming he works. But he also, I, I don't know if this is necessarily true, but I feel like um, in, a, in, a, in like a high-rise office building is the... Is the higher class, better um, office, like lower on the building or higher on the building? I would think the higher up, the the more fancy your building is. And he is a floor below her. They don't call it the penthouse for nothing. Yeah. So if he's a floor below her, that implies that she's got probably a slightly more expensive office than he does. Yeah. I th- oh, that's interesting. Probably true. Having no idea what he does for a living. I want to know what she does all day. Like, she's just in her office. She's not hitting the streets trying to meet people. She's not, we don't see any evidence she, I mean, maybe she advertises, <laughs> but like, she's got a, she, she's got an office with um, just a door with barely a sign. Um, there's, how is she getting herself out there to find people? Oh, I assume she just, I assume she just waits in the hallway it's for called- guys like Frazier. That was her whole plan. It's called yeah. Char- it's called Charlotte's Web. She's trying exactly to catch that's kind of what I assumed. Yeah. yeah, which really she should be a street vendor. She would do much better. Exactly. Like she was just like he had to like jiggle her door handle for her to like go to the door. Like she didn't like like she's just hanging. What was she doing in there? Oh, that's that's funny. My brain remembers yeah, her just being in the hallway. That's later. She is just in the hallway when he gets off the elevator the second time because she yeah. could. She had some kind of a sixth sense because we see her go back into the office, but she must have been like, no, he's somehow going to wind up back on this exact. Or actually, wait, I think maybe she hits the button. She does on the elevator, which brings it back. Oh, that's to the floor. That's funny. Which I guess does imply that she knows men but again this is really the Correct. last time we see any evidence of of any competency yeah, literally her. the next episode um we see Noah like he is going to freelance on his own dates because she has not found anything new for him well so i i guess that does make sense why he's now going on his own date so like he's literally exhausted her whole playbook yeah so i I guess that does fit. I love the the tech also of like the era. Like this is a human being you go to to set you up on dates. Like it is it is so far removed from like the 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 world of Tinder and and what have you. But in addition, her like evidence of all of her great clients is a three ring binder with pictures. Love like it. like it is so. <laughs> Untechnical, like it is. This is not a tech yeah. startup. This is. I don't know. I feel like three ring binder tech still 
still works in places where you have to keep books. I, I'm okay with that. I, as you've mentioned, it's pre-smartphone. Like, what? How else are you going to store? Well, things? I'm not saying that she should be doing something different than. A, I'm just saying, like, it's fun to see, you know, 20 years ago what the what it was like, like what people were. It 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 is weird that she brought it to meet him at the dinner date to to tell him that it's not happening. It is weird. She's got all of her business documents. It, I don't think it's that weird because she know she brings it not because it's her work material. She brings it as a prop. She knows that the date is made up, that she does not have a date for him. So she's only going there to tell him the uh, date is canceled. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah. Cause he looks through oh, the thing. He's, we saw the five dates in the montage and she, he looks through the binder. There are only five dates. She says she didn't have time to put it in. But I have no reason to believe that it's truthful. That's fair. That's her best move so far, then. That's actually the, the, the strongest play she's done the whole show. And will remain that way through it. But it is undercut because she makes the mistake of not bringing the prop with her. Like, she leaves it at the table. Rookie mistake, I think. Well, I mean, I, I, you know what, though? She goes to, she goes to the bar, right? Because she's like, oh, you need to settle down. Let's get you a drink. Which is probably the best way to keep someone at the table. It would be insane to bring your binder to the bar. I'm not sure she had another move. It's She just has to trust that he won't snoop on all of her documents, which she's barely met him. She doesn't know that he won't do that. So I disagree. Yeah, I mean, I think she, she really sells the idea that in that binder is like, like, why wouldn't he want to look through the binder? Even if she, even if he didn't, like... I wouldn't be surprised if his next question was, well, I'm glad you brought the binder. Let's take a look. Let's, let's flip through the pages. Yep. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what her plan was. If he was like asked to see the evidence. What do you mean? Her, her plan was to get him drunk. It's a good play. Well, it's true. You, you, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> I love that. She's like, at the end, she's like rolling her eyes. She's like, are you really going to bring up the 10 K every time? <laughs> Like, yeah, of course I'm going to bring up the time you swindled me out of $10,000. That's going to come up every conversation. Just kidding. It literally yeah, never comes up funny. one other time. <laughs> well, we end with Fraser lying up awake in bed thinking about Charlotte. So this is the scene that really sets the, the tone for these two. It's as soon as Fraser learns that Frank's involved, he's suddenly interested in Charlotte as a woman. Well, he always wants what he can't have. So that makes sense. Yeah. If they didn't talk Frank, there's no way he's sitting up thinking about her. Zero percent That's so chance. true. I would agree. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. By the way, she really is a, a great con artist because she, she hooks him for his 10 grand right off the bat. She convinces him to stick around. And then even after she splits town, no doubt not to get her business back from her ex, but because she, she's probably been conning other men and it was catching up with her. Um, so she splits down, <laughs> yeah. and he's 100%. following her. Like he's the guy who gets conned and is so convinced by the con that he can't believe he's been swindled. So he just keeps trying to give more <laughs> of his money and whatever to the con artist. Just it's really a sad ending. It's, it, it puts a whole new light on the show. Like that ending is dark. It turns out. So so this turns out to be a pretty big deal for us because this is our first real storyline that we've had been resolved essentially from reverse order. Like, In reverse yeah, order. Oh, like, this right. is our first major story story arc that we've now seen from end to start. Can I just say I think Charlotte is much 
much more approachable if she's just conning the whole time. It actually defends a lot of her actions in the future episodes. So I'm actually pleased to find out that she's such either a terrible businesswoman or just doing this con fully. I don't know. I don't know how deep this goes. Maybe that's not even her office. Maybe she's stolen the keys off some later. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past her. Do you think that in the episode where she was wandering around with Frasier and Frank and, and like just going everywhere on dates with both of them, that was her trying to just get rid of them, like just trying to ditch them? Well, it's foolish to, it's foolish to assume that she's not swindling Frank as well, right? right? I, I don't know how they've met. We don't, we don't get that much of a glimpse into the relationship other than she doesn't give a fuck about him. So I, we have to assume that she's swindling both of them and that that's really the only success she's had. Correct. So yeah, I agree. Or she is secretly good at matchmaker and knows that Frank and Fraser are meant for each other. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's probably like the, the good ending. Yeah. The good way to look at Charlotte. Fraser plays this out with Daphne and Niles enjoying Chekhov's Cinnabon. They have a hearty laugh at the expense of the annoying couple's ugly baby. I mean, it little happens, and there's yet so telling for this show. <laughs> Cranes making fun of babies obviously plays. Yeah, the idea that like having a doula made the baby ugly, or I guess is what the implication is. Stupid. I don't. I've, this this totally fits. Oh, see, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think the doula caused the baby to be ugly. I thought it was just. They were that they were expressing their complete and utter contempt for this couple and everything about them, including their child. Yeah, but now we we get no more futzing about with the pregnancy from this scene forward. This is where they're like, "Oh, the baby's ugly. I can chill the chill the f out." Because we never see Niles a single time fret until the baby's about to be born. After this moment. Well, they, they spend the rest of the pregnancy convinced that everything's going to be fine because they're just going to drug Daphne and rip the baby out. They're, they're not prepared for anything to go wrong. The next thing they do is go get fast food. They're like, oh, I don't have to give a F what oh this dude Oh my gosh, said. you're Correct. right. They go from carrots and peanut butter to fucking burger, burger, burger. Burger, 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 burger. Burger, burger, burger. Burger, burger, burger. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> But it's like, it's immediate. She's like, I will not order my Cinnabon. I, let's do the double arches. I'm telling you, it's because they saw that it was an ugly baby. That's the only reason a crane would change their behavior. Well, Brad, was this a good episode? Yeah, uh, to me, this was middle of the pack. Um, as we know, I do the alphabetical uh, numbering system, or grading system. Yes, as you've done every um, time. I'm going to go with a C+. Plus. Wait, wait, wait. When you say alphabetical numbering system, do you just mean like a grading system like in elementary school? Correct. Letter grade is what we're going with. You couldn't, <laughs> couldn't give it a G. That would not make sense. No. So, so I'm going with a C+. Plus. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Curtis? How did you feel about this app? Uh, I agree. I think this is a, a solid app, uh, but not my favorite. Uh, pretty good. Out of so the way I have been doing it consistently in every episode of our show uh, without fail, um, <laughs> every time is that Same. my way of ranking the episodes is I'm actually ranking each and every episode. So I'm comparing each episode against each other and saying where in the order. So out of the seven episodes we have so far watched, I rank this number five. It's between Crocktails <laughs> and the finale, Goodnight Seattle Part Two. Well, thank okay. you. That's going to get real interesting. We're at episode 194. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I'm going to do something I've never done and give it a point grade. Ooh. Uh, I, 
I think so. This is this is a tough one. I, I think you really feel the absence of Frank here, but you explain Charlotte really well. This is pr- easily the best Niles episode we've gotten. Easily the best Daphne episode we've gotten. Easily the best Roz episode we've gotten. But also, none of them are important characters to the story. We know that. So <laughs> I think it's probably I'm I I think it's slightly above what you're saying, Brad. I think maybe it's, I'm going to give it like an 8.3, but I, out of 10, we, we're coming off some strong abs. Yeah. Out of 10, uh, 10.0. I, guess. I think that's a, I, I think that's a some much strong episode than we were, we were giving it. Yeah, I would agree. Nope. Oh yeah, I guess so. I guess I just don't know how uh, letter grades I put work. it in the bottom half. He gave it a C plus. <laughs> you gave it a, a, like almost perfect score. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. Well, I'm I'm also not bright. So, what do you want from me? I'm gonna say I I do think maybe I'm overrating it. Am I overrating? I it? really think you are. It's whatever you think, but yes, you are. Because well, because it's not a is it a strong Fraser episode? I guess that's probably the most important part. Was, you have to answer. And, that. Well, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking out loud. He reacts really well to the dates. And then just cowtails to anything Charlotte does, which does really play up his... It's exactly what we do see from him the rest of the series. Uh, so with all that in mind, I'm going to give it an 8.3. Okay. We're going to play a game. It's called, Is It Gross? Brad, take it away. Um, okay, so in the first scene of today's episode, they talk about having a plan for your placenta. So I looked online and found eight different plans for your placenta. So I'm going to name something you could do with your placenta, and you two have to tell me, is it gross? You ready? It's really hard to picture any of these being not gross at all. Um, and this is in random order. What do you mean random order? What would the order be? The order you read it? I don't. Why would I? Why would that matter? Here we go. Here's the first one. Plant it under a tree. Yes, it's gross. Wait, no. I think okay. I don't know what the rest are going to be, but I, this has got to be the least gross. I would guess, get yeah. rid of it. Next, this is a real thing. Keep it attached to your newborn. Gross. Obviously, dis- obviously disgusting. You can keep it as long until, and then eventually it falls off. What do you mean? Wait. Like when the umbilical cord falls. No, you can keep it for up to. You can keep your placenta on your baby for up to two weeks. Apparently. Oh, I mean that's pretty much the umbilical cord. But what? Uh, uh, here's the next one. Pamper your skin with it. Gross. That's disgusting. What do you wait? What do you mean? Pam- what do you mean pamper? So you turn it into skincare, and then. Uh, what do you mean turn it into? You know how you sometimes turn things that you have into skincare. You grind it down and add it to cream, and then it becomes a skincare. <laughs> like, like with the pestle and more? Yes. Like, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, you, you, you actually uh, pound it down, and you put it in some cream, and then, it beca- and then you put it on your skin, and it's supposed to be really good for you. The next one, uh, I actually think is the least bad. You're not supposed to be editorializing <laughs> this. It's turn it, turn it into artwork. Oh, That's the least bad? What? Are you talk- what? One was hide it under a tree, what? and you think that yeah, artwork that you display is less gross. Because then you can you can come in every day and see your artwork. Uh, gross. What? Um, fine. You described that the way a serial killer would. What do you this mean? Next one. No, I'm not done with. I am not done with the artwork one. Are you out of your mind? So, so I thought that like rubbing yourself with it would be the grossest, but hanging it up 
is way grosser because it la- it could last potentially forever. Well, I guess. then you always have the memory of it of your baby <laughs> of the placenta. What? Well, if you think that is great, how about this one? Wear it as a necklace. Oh my god! I just gross. Mm, I'm a spit take. Gross. What? Gross. What do you, do you have to do something to gross. it? No, you can preserve it, but you can just wear it around your neck gross. for a little bit. Gross. Oh, that's the grossest one. Gross. That's the well, worst one. it only gets worse. Gross. Um, worse. It gets, gross. So it's not in you can, order. You can actually. It, it is. Um, you can. Gross. You can. You can eat it by putting it in a smoothie. And that concludes the game. Is it gross? You're <laughs> never playing it again. I sincerely apologize to our listeners. Ryan, why don't you tell us what's going to come up on the next episode? It's season eleven, episode seventeen. Coots and ladders. So this one was really hard. Um, like no joke, because we've, as Brad pointed out, we've wrapped up like the only storyline that's that's kind of changed so far. So with that in mind, next episode, Frazier goes to work. Roz asks him what brings him in. Later, he meets Jane Lynch at an opera and fails to date her. Niles rids their apartment of vermin while Daphne pregnantly stays on a ladder, which is, of course, ill-advised. Martin proposes to Ronnie by getting down on one knee and then needs her to help him back up. Coots and ladders. All right. Well, we will look forward to sharing all of that with you next week. Uh, that'll do it for us. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme wait, music. Wait, and... wait, wait, wait. Curtis, Curtis, wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait. Shouldn't, shouldn't you, don't you have to like tell people to, to do stuff? I feel yeah. like every podcast I listen to at the end, they have to like, they tell them to do things. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you have a question for us, you can email us at reversepsychpod at gmail.com. And please tell your friends and share about this podcast online. Okay, so that's good. But so like, you know how we're called reverse psychology? Maybe you should tell people what uh, not to do. So like, tell them, don't do this. <laughs> that's what you had to do on that for? Yeah. Can you do that, Curtis? Tell them, don't like, don't subscribe. Don't hit the bell. Uh, what else do we do? Don't Instagram us. Don't slide into our DMs. Don't even rate us on the newspaper. For myself, Ryan, and Brad, good morning, Boise. I hate you. Can people Instagram us? Is that how it works? DM us. I wouldn't know. They DM us on Instagram. Oh, yeah, DM us. Slide into our DMs. Let's go. I think that's pronounced they have to they damn us. They 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 damn us. <laughs> yeah.